Welcome to Beyond the Call, the podcast for all law enforcement professionals and all those who support them. Sponsored by the National Police Credit Union. We mean police business. I'm your co-host, Ken Bader. Along with co-host Casey Smith, who unfortunately, probably right at this very minute, is in the air flying from National Police Credit Union headquarters in Chicago. Hey, Casey, uh, to uh, her office in the uh, the satellite office for the National Police Credit Union in Phoenix. So I'm going to roll solo, but people that aren't rolling solo today are our guests because we've got two guests. We've got Kathy and Javier Bustos, uh, who are the uh, peer support couple. Uh, Kathy and Javier have very long careers in law enforcement, both of them. Uh, unfortunately, they, they've also had some critical incidents that they're going to talk about on their show and how they, uh, and how they use that uh, in their public speaking and their work with other law enforcement families. Um, they write articles for law enforcement publications, and they appeared in the documentary Officer Involved, and we've had Patrick Shaver on the show before. I watched Officer Involved. It's a great documentary, but enough about the bio and all that. Kathy, Javier, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. We're happy to be here. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure to have you. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of important stuff here. Uh, but let's get into your distinguished careers, which I mentioned in law enforcement. Give our audience some detail on both of your careers and the roles you fill in your respective police departments today. I started my career in... Coppers Cove, Texas at the Coppers Cove Police Department in 1993. And I, I did a variety of things. I was all patrol all the time. I, I never went to CID or any other function. Um, I was a field training officer promoted to sergeant and uh, happily said that I was the first female member of the SWAT team in Coppers Cove. Wow. And that was a, That's that was a title that I was, I was very proud of that. Of course, it was in the 90s, and a lot of things have changed, yeah. but, but that's, that was a very proud title that I held there. Sure. And then I went to Cedar Park Police Department in 2002, um, where I retired at the rank of lieutenant. I still, I retired in January, but I'm still a reserve officer there for peer support functions. Okay. And Javi? Yeah, um, I still currently am uh, uh, active duty law enforcement. I've been with, uh, with the Austin Police Department for now 20 years, which seems wow. amazing to me. So that's uh, basically what I've been doing for the last 20 years is patrol functions and also a member of the peer support team. Got it. Got it. And uh, I noticed that we have the same barber, so that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> bald is beautiful. That's right. Definitely. That's right. Don't let anybody else fool you uh, or tell you differently. Um <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, both of you have experienced more than, than one critical incident. You know, it's for a police officer to experience one in their career is, is, is unfortunate enough. Uh, but you've, you've both had a, a couple of experiences. We know more than a few people in our audience can relate. What can you share about those incidents? I think on, on my end, um, of course, we all go through our careers with accumulative critical incidents that we that we go through every day. Absolutely. And then, of course, there's 
Yes. And then of course there's the big ones, which, which we unfortunately refer to the big three because they were, they were pretty much back to back or within a couple of years. But in 2008, my corporal attempted suicide um, by shooting himself in the head with a shotgun. He survived, but that was very um, trying and sure. was a definitely a dark time in my career. And then in 2010, my department lost Officer Leonard Reed in a motorcycle accident to a line of duty death. And then, of course, one month later in 2010, Javier was involved in his shooting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we lost Leonard on August 18th, 2010, yeah. and uh, that was a that was a tough one because we went through that as a family. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that I. I'm a law enforcement spouse too. Yeah. So we went through that. Leonard was close to our daughter. He was uh, her school resource officer before he transferred over to Motors Unit. And uh, so it was like losing a family member in a lot of ways. And just when we thought we were getting over it, that's when I had an officer involved shooting in Austin on September 25th. And uh, like Kathy said, that, that was the big three that really almost just we wouldn't be sitting here if we hadn't been able to get over the big three. That's for sure. Sure. It took a lot of work. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. And I, I could also imagine, too, I mean, we've, we've had uh, folks that are, are dual law enforcement uh, couples, uh, both on the job before. Uh, I, I would hope that at least there, it sounds like there was understanding coming from each other because you both are in the job and, and you know exactly what that means for your partner to be going through that at the time. It actually, and I can say this now, I would have never said it then. It actually made it harder for us to go through. Really? I agree. We, uh, we handle it as cops and not as spouses. And what do cops do when they're involved in critical incident? They just keep going, keep going to work, normal routine. Um, there was there was understanding of what I had gone through and what Javier was going through, but the understanding was that we have to go back to work the next day, right? And we have to take care of our officers and and do our daily function. It wasn't as uh, you know showing compassion as a spouse. Kathy's right. Uh, what we, what we, how we usually put it is like when you do your job daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, a lot of times you spend your time going from call to call to call. And what we ended up doing is going from critical incident to critical incident to critical yeah. incident and just saying, okay, it's done. We went through it on to the next thing in our life. And that's not a good way to live or handle trauma at all, which we discovered the hard way. Right. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, barely because I haven't gone through what you have gone through, uh, but just vicariously in, in hearing some of these stories. Uh, and it's, it's hard enough on the job to you see things every day, but to have three critical incidents, um, yeah, that's, that's almost unheard of because um, there's many police officers that go through a whole career without a critical incident. Although, as you mentioned, there's always the cumulative trauma uh, of just being on the job. But now a word from our sponsor, the National Police Credit Union. The National Police Credit Union is pleased to introduce Killed in the Line of Duty Loan Protection, a special debt cancellation benefit created exclusively for active full-time law enforcement officers. Available for multiple loans at no cost to the borrower, 
This complimentary benefit will cancel up to 850,000 of the outstanding balance of one or more loans should the unthinkable happen to an officer due to a line of duty incident. Eligible credit union loans includes mortgages and home equity loans, auto, motorcycle and boat loans, signature loans, uniform loans, tuition loans, student loan consolidations, and credit cards. Killed in the line of duty loan protection is available only for the qualifying officer and the protection may not be purchased outright. This debt cancellation benefit only applies in the case of death. Please see loan addendum upon loan closing for more details. And for more information, please go to nationalpolicecu.com. You certainly have the background and perspective to be, uh, as you call it on your website, that peer support couple. Um, both of you actually serve as peer support team members at the Bill Blackwood Law Enforcement Management Institute of Texas, uh, the Sam Houston yeah. State yeah. University in Huntsville, Texas. What does that entail? Um, that, that is something that we're both very proud to be a part of. It is a peer-driven seminar hosted by Bill Blackwood Law Enforcement Management Institute of Texas. And basically, it teaches officers who've been involved in critical incidents how to, to be resilient in overcoming what they've gone through in their critical incident. They, have, uh, they do EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Hmm. They have uh, cognitive therapy and uh, also massage. It's a three-day seminar and officers are, leave with the tools to be able to, to get through the critical incident that they were involved in. What's great about the PCIS is not only do the officers get to attend, it's strongly encouraged that the spouses go with them. Sure. Because what we're understanding now is that when there's a critical incident, it just doesn't happen to the officer. It happens to the spouse, and sometimes if they have kids, the entire family, or their parents, or, or whatever the situation may be in their family, it just doesn't happen to the officer there's that ripple effect that goes out. And so the family's affected too. So the fact that the spouses can sit there with their officer and they, uh, they discover that, you know what, they too have a story to tell and right. they did experience trauma. That a lot of times we see the spouses attend and what do we hear? We hear, they say, I'm, I'm here to support my husband or my wife. I'm here to support my wife. Right. And then as the, the, the PCIS goes on, they realize, Hey, I, I suffered some things too. And then they, they, they see that, wow, this is my opportunity to, to tell my story. So not only do we see uh, a transformation over three days for the officer, we see the transformation for the spouse and then for their, their love together as a couple. We've seen a lot of marriages where they were possibly on the rocks mm -hmm. and PCIS was a new foundation for them to start over because that's what happened for us. Mm -hmm. Right. They also just now started taking all first responders they do they have they welcome communications operators firefighters paramedics and uh corrections officers our, our brothers and yes. sisters uh law enforcement yeah definitely yeah so it, it's important uh the first responder world is realizing that this trauma that we all experience needs to be addressed because if it doesn't that's where you have all your problems that's where you see the disgruntled employee, mm -hmm. uh, you see the discipline problems. The officers getting drive DWIs and yeah. just participating in bad behavior. Right, and then uh, possible suspensions, terminations, and then unfortunately, it can lead to divorces and sometimes 
uh, attempts or completed suicides. Yep. Yeah, I've heard that all too often on this show in in, in other areas as well in, in my work with law enforcement. Um, I think that what you're saying about allowing the spouse to be a part of it too, while it may not be the same trauma or the same uh, harsh reality that the officer first responder went through, yeah, they're dealing with it at home every day when when their husband or wife comes home. So you know, I, I can imagine how important it is for them to be able to share um, and and be able to make that connection. And I think there's probably, and, and you could speak to this, there's probably some realization on the part of, of the officer of, you know, hey, I didn't realize that this was such a hardship for you at home. There is a lot of realization. We also have peer spouses. Um, they are spouses of law enforcement officers who have been with their spouses during the critical incident. And they talk about their stories and, and um, they also run small groups for the, uh, the new spouses that are coming into the PCIS family. But it is, uh, it is very trying for them as well. I know that when I went to PCIS, I fully believed that I was going to support Javier because he had been involved in his shooting. And I quickly learned that I was the one that needed the help and I was the one that should yeah. be there and Javier was probably there. Right, yeah, we were, we were at different stages of working through our trauma. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we went to PCIS, it was 2013. So I, I had somewhat of a handle on my shooting, not totally, but I was in, in a better place in my mind uh, about what had happened to me. She discovered that she still had trauma that went back to 2008 with, mm -hmm. with her corporal attempting suicide and then losing Leonard and then my shooting. So uh, it was fantastic that for her, the light bulb went on because I can actually remember uh, sitting uh, at the table, which we call the horseshoe, and she came back from a one-on-one session, and she had a smile on her face that I hadn't seen in a long time, because awesome. she got to get it out finally. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, there's a woman that I fell in love with," you know. Yeah. There's also a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tricks that we give, tools that we give at PCIS to the spouses and their their significant others, as far as communication skills and how do you survive a marriage and a critical incident. And uh, they get lots of tools. Definitely. And uh, quite recently, it's been quite an honor where uh, the uh, staff at San Houston State University, Bill Blackwood mm -hmm. Law Enforcement Management Institute, they've asked us to come back and speak and tell our story. We, uh, they always have a segment on law enforcement relationships. So we are part of uh, the cadre of peers that tell their stories. So we, we get to speak at PCIS, which to me is kind of like a a compliment to the fact that we were able to go get through the process, become peers there and, and not only pay it forward, but pay it forward in a bigger way by sharing our story as speakers for them. Of course, of course you, uh, you went through it and, and it helped you. And now you're going to the ultimate level where you're teaching it too. Um, that's a great segue. I, I appreciate this. I'm, I'm kind of the king of segues on this show. Uh, but you, you're helping me out, which is which is awesome. Uh, both of right. you, both of you, as you mentioned, make public speaking appearances. Uh, what are your most popular presentation topics? And you you already kind of covered it a little bit. But what events do you usually speak at? Well. Um our, our most popular speaking topic is sharing our story. 
Sure. And uh, we uh, were part of a cadre of speakers for first responder conferences. And we also are part of a cadre of speakers for Blue Help. Mm. And uh, those organizations have conferences all over the United States where they have people come in and uh, speak on a, a wide variety of topics. Uh, you know, finances for first responders, uh, mental health, trauma, resiliency, wellness. Uh, and then we get to talk about our story and give our tips about what we did uh, to save our marriage and thrive in our marriage and pay it forward. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I've got to think that that message has to be extremely well received out there. It is. We, yes. We've gotten some pretty good reviews when, when we do speak. Uh, it's, it's really nice. It's good for couples to see that somebody else has gone through it or is going through what they've been through and made it out the other side. Because it's not easy. It's a lot of work. And um, basically, we talk about the work that we put into our marriage to keep it functioning through those critical incidents. And people are very thankful that we, we tell our story. Definitely. And if we, when we're not speaking for, for first responder conferences at Blue Help, we also just go out on our own. Because uh, sometimes we'll speak somewhere and someone will see us speak and they'll say, hey, we'd like for you to come to our department, our organization, and share your story. Sure. So it's really nice. And uh, we, we see it as a high compliment when people want us to come uh, as just that peer support couple to their organization and share our story. So uh, it, it keeps us busy from time to time. Uh, we have to definitely plan out uh, our vacation times. I mean, more so now <laughs> since I'm still... Uh, the job, you know, now that Kathy's retired, she, you know, she's a full-time college student, but she has a little bit more uh, leeway with her schedule. So uh, I burn a lot of vacation, but for me, it's worth it because it's all about, you know, helping yeah. others. Yeah, I've looked at your Facebook page. I've seen you in New York. I've, I've seen you in a few other cities. I'm like, wow, these folks get around. Oh, yeah. We've been given some great opportunities. We've surpassed anything that I could ever imagine on our bucket list in things that we've been able to do and people that we've been able to touch in the work that we do. Um, it's been, it's been a wonderful year of, of just helping people heal. Definitely. Sure. It's been a great year. Sure. From, from one speaker to two others that travel all over the, uh, the country for different reasons. What's your favorite city? Oh, all of them. Oh, oh politically <laughs> correct. You, you well, could just say Austin. I think our too. favorite, <laughs> our favorite is New York because that's where we had our honeymoon. Yeah, New York City. Yeah, we went in. Yeah, we got married in two thousand and three in Vegas. Elvis was not there. Uh, <laughs> but we, the Javier's just yeah. Married. Actually, I want to get married. I was I want to get married on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise, but she said no to that. But you know. But we got married in Vegas, and then we flew across country to, to New York for our, for our honeymoon. And, uh, I mean, there's something about New York that just keeps on bringing us back. But mm -hmm. we've, we've been to Chicago now, uh, Seattle, uh, Dodge City, Kansas, great oh, town. Oh, I love that Dodge place. City's great. <laughs> but, uh, and we're going uh, to be in, um, in uh, Michigan soon and uh, possibly Washington, D.C. So uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. But, yeah, yeah. Wherever we're at is my favorite town, but yeah, we do have a soft spot for New York because that's where we honeymooned. It's in Washington, D.C., where the is Memorial Wall is. That's where like, yes. the name is Memorial Wall. Right. In fact, unfortunately, we have friends on, the, on that wall. And uh, we also volunteer for uh, a support services, uh, which is peer support during National Police Week as well. So that's, 
that's quite an honor to be asked to, to be volunteers for that too as peers. Absolutely, absolutely. We, um, you, you spoke of Washington, D.C. We had the police officers credit union conference there a few months ago in D.C. And it was the second time that uh, I had a chance to uh, go to the law enforcement memorial. And it's, it's, it's always moving. And uh, they now have the law enforcement museum over there. We, we had the president of both of those organizations on beyond the call. Uh, and that museum is awesome. I think that everybody else yes, left is. from our group and I was still there for like another hour. I'm like, this is too cool. Hey, let's look at the movies. Hey, let's do this game. It is. <laughs> it is a, we only had a brief time to go there, but we enjoyed the small amount of time we were there. Yeah, and we're going to go back the next time we're in DC. Yeah. It's, it's worth going back over and over because you know how it is. You, you're going to see something different every time. Right. right. And I'm sure they're going to update it with, uh, with new, features and and events to see over there um what's what's the number one piece of advice each of you can give to an officer or law enforcement family that has gone through a traumatic event to hold on to your family not to exclude them from what you're going through yeah i would say the same thing too hang on tight because you're gonna go through a rocky road and uh, if you have that foundation of love and trust in your family, it's going to get you through it. I think we all go through, we all go through times and we all got into this line of work because we wanted to change the world and we wanted to make the world a better place. Um, but I found on a, I don't think you're from Texas, but in Texas we have the super convenience store Bucky's. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I saw, I saw on a sign at Bucky's, uh, it said, if you want to, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And that's the, that's the best advice we could offer. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think that's good advice for everybody. Uh, I do love Texas. I've been all over Texas. Love Austin, probably my favorite city in Texas. I'm originally from Chicago, <laughs> so I, I appreciate as, oh, much, okay. as much love as you have for New York. I'm glad that you mentioned you like Chicago, too. <laughs> well, we have rel my my aunt and all of my my cousins live in Chicago. Yeah, we have family. So Chicago. We have family there. And the the last time when we recently spoke with Blue Help uh, in the Chicago area, we had to go to a Cubs game. You know, oh, uh, even though I grew up in yeah, we, 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 we sat on the bleachers. We had a blast. I loved it. Yeah, the bleachers. You got If you're gonna sit, see a game at Wrigley, you better sit in the bleachers for your first time because that's where it's at. <laughs> now see i'm a white Sox fan so now i'm gonna have to, ah, i'm gonna have to stop okay. i'm gonna have to stop recording the show it'll never air now <laughs> maybe delete 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 <laughs> maybe i'll just edit that out but yeah but i i do agree with you the the last time i was at wrigley field to see the white Sox beat the cubs by the way uh i, oh, okay. I was i was in the bleachers in that neighborhood wrigleyville is pretty cool but uh, speaking, of, speaking of cool, even though Casey is not with us today, we are not skipping the lightning round, uh, especially, <laughs> especially because I know you two were looking forward to it. So while, oh, I don't, yeah, definitely. <laughs> while I don't do it as well as Casey, uh, I'm going to do my best and we're going to muddle through it. So number one. Your favorite fictional crime fighter of all time. It could be a human, an animal, a superhero, or a machine. Me, it's Pepper Anderson. Pepper Anderson. 
<laughs> I go, I'm dating myself. I don't even, I, I have, I have no idea who the heck Pepper Anderson is. It was Angela Dickinson. Yeah, I remember uh, oh, the, show, okay. the show was called Police Woman. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Now I do remember Police Woman. My dad, my dad used to watch that all the time. And I think it was more because uh, he had a thing for Angie Dickinson, but we won't go there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think that's why a lot of people watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And for, go ahead. <laughs> For, for me, and I know people have, have probably said it before on the show, uh, but it, it literally is, it is Batman. That is yep. the world's greatest detective. Uh, that's that's my uh, superhero right there. It's yep. got to be Batman. Yep. We've, uh, you know, it's funny because we haven't done it in a while, but um, uh, early on in the show, this is, so uh, we're probably close to our 60th episode here. Uh, I think it was after 10 or 15 shows, I just kind of added up, all right, you know, who, who's, who's the favorite car crime fighter? And I think Batman was mentioned uh, at least three or four times by then. So it's, it's, it's a popular one. Uh, yeah, I, gotta, I gotta ask you this then, you know, who's your favorite Batman? Michael Keaton, Adam West, Ooh. Christian Bale? You know, uh, be quite honest, it was Ben Affleck, and I know he took a lot of flack and everything. But as of right now, because we don't know uh, how Pattinson is going to do as Batman, I really did enjoy Affleck's Batman. I thought he he was closest to what you saw in the comic books. I um, agree with you. I yeah. I actually agree with you. You know, as much as I like Christian Bale, uh, sorry, Kathy, we're boring you because we're talking about Batman. Okay. For Twenty minutes. <laughs> Um, but, I'm used to listening to this. <laughs> but I agree with you because uh, being, you know, I'm not a Star Wars guy or a Star Trek guy. I, I you know, I'm kind of a superhero. Uh -oh. I'm kind of a superhero geek. You know, I just saw Spider Man. I went by myself because nobody else would go see it with me. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I I did like the way Ben Affleck played uh, an older Batman that was kind yes. of grizzled who had been doing it for right. 20 years right. and so forth. I thought he did a good job with it, and I thought he took a little bit too much flack for it. But anyhow, moving yeah. on. Otherwise, we'll have a show on Batman. Um, I know. <laughs> which is not necessarily a bad thing, but just a different show. Um, the right. best buddy cop movie or TV show? Kathy, we'll go back to you. Oh, you said, oh, funny. No, buddy. buddy cop. Oh, Cagney and Lacey. You know, that's, that's probably at least the fifth Cagney and Lacey. Uh, yeah, that was one of the shows. I remember I said this on another one of our, our episodes. I think it was on at 9 p.m. on CBS every Monday. <laughs> and, and, I, and I know this because my dad at 8.59 probably told me, get up and change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> you were the remote control. Right. Yes. <laughs> Javi? Um, I'm going to date myself too, but for me, it's Adam 12. Adam 12. Yep. Yep. Another popular yes. one. Yeah. I didn't watch that one as much, but uh, they had the tie in with emergency. And I remember that was my, uh, my mom's favorite show. Uh, another yeah, first. It was a, it was a, show. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it was super huge when uh, Adam 12 and emergency merged into one episode. It's like, Oh my God, they're together. Yeah. You're all yeah. together. 
it was the crossover, you know, before there were NBC crossovers with Chicago Fire right. and Chicago Med and Chicago PD. And I think there's like eight Chicago shows. I think my hometown is on fire or something. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but is. anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, my, that's my current favorite show is Chicago Fire. Yeah. Yes. You like Chicago Fire. Nice. And what is your definition of a hero? My definition of a hero would be my mom. Um, she's the one that taught me perseverance and, and keeping going in spite of, of what could be happening to you in, the, in, in your life um, because she always rose from whatever she had to go through and came out the other side. So that, she's my hero. Awesome. Awesome. And Javi? Keep, keep the, the tissue close because for me, it's my father. Uh, he uh, came from humble beginnings. I, I believe he only had maybe an eighth grade education before he got out there and started working. And he, uh, he provided for his family. Uh, he built a business where he can provide it for all of us in one way or another. And uh, I don't think that I would be where I am today as a person if it wasn't for my dad. That's that's my definition of a hero. That's the standard. To me, that's the gold standard yeah. from my side of the family. It's my dad. Yeah. Great answers from both of you. And you guys did practice because you, you basically answered <laughs> the last two questions in one. Best lightning round <laughs> ever. <laughs> wait till All right. Wait till I tell Casey. Wait till I tell Casey that not only did I do the lightning round, but I probably did it better than we've ever had it done on the show. She'll be ticked off. At me, but that's okay. <laughs> well, last question: Where can people find you if they want uh, the peer support couple to come speak at one of their events or their de their department? Excuse me. Well, uh, we have our website, uh, www.kathy, C-A-T-H-Y, and A-N-D, Javi, J-A-V-I.com. And through the website, we have uh, links to all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And you can also see uh, samples of the articles that we've written for, um, for different law enforcement publications. You can see articles that have been written about us that we've shared. Um, a podcast that we were on, uh, and, you know, and in the future, another podcast that we could be able to put on the, uh, the website, uh, with you and, uh, there they can, they can, uh, send us emails through the website and, uh, you know, inquire if we're available for a speaking engagement. Uh, we also just recently started doing some consulting because we are seeing that, uh, Kathy started the, the peer support unit at her department at the Cedar Park department. And a lot of times we get messages or emails from people who they want to start a peer support unit at their department, but they don't know how to go about it. And uh, that's where I would say mainly Kathy comes in because the Cedar Park peer support unit wouldn't start and the people on that unit would not be, have a unit if it hadn't been for her basically going to her chief and say, we need this for our department. So uh, that's going to be something I think is going to be rewarding to again, pay it forward and sure. help other agencies get a peer support unit off the ground. Wow, that is great work that you're doing. Great to hear that your your business and the help that you're giving is expanding. I didn't even know about the consulting part. Um, but most of all, yeah, thank you for, for your service in law enforcement. 
Uh, thank you for, for what you're doing out there for other law enforcement families. And also, thank you for being on the show. You two have both been great guests. Well, thank you for having us. Yes. It was a pleasure to be here. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's always a cool thing when uh, you see a podcast and you listen to it. You think, oh, well, that's a pretty good show. And the next thing you know, you get to be on it. It's kind of like, like for you to be, uh, in Chicago that you get to be on the Bozo Show, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I may have wanted to be there on it when I was a kid, but uh, I probably couldn't throw those darn balls into the bozo bucket. So it's probably a good. Oh, I know. Yeah, the, the, the ping pong ball in the bucket. Talk about stress. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well. Yeah. Thank, thank ah, another that's guess, our, that's the dog. A, yeah, that's one of our boxers. We have two boxers. We have a Susan Lucci. Susan Lucci, as you can see, she's speaking her lines, and we have Rocky Marciano. So they've been pretty good for the most part. <laughs> they have. They have, right up until the end. Well, thank you to all four of you uh, for being on the show. Uh, and thank you to all of you that have been listening. Uh, we encourage you to rate and share Beyond the Call. Uh, you can find it on most platforms where you find podcasts, including Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Anchor, SoundCloud, and many others. Thank you for joining us. And as always, stay safe out there.